is hard. And I think, you know, I've just kind of decided to go with what I enjoy. And if it's not something I enjoy and nobody's saying, oh, yes, you absolutely have to do this, then then I'm not going to do it. I'm going to focus my attention on on what works for me. And hopefully the, the readers will follow. Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we deliver the information you need to become the CEO of your author business. Do you remember your first? Or maybe it hasn't happened for you yet, but you know it will. Of course you know I'm talking about books here. That first time your book went live, or hit the shelves, or however your first book was published. Do you remember what you expected to happen? Was there a difference between what you expected and what you hoped would happen? What if your hoped-for result was what really happened? Or maybe it did. Were you prepared? That's what we're talking about in today's show with author Barbara Nicholas. I had the opportunity to get to know Barb when my wife and I built her website. But that was before. Before the expectations crystallized and she cautiously considered her hopes for Blood on the Tracks, her debut novel. And then Barb's book was published through Thomas and Mercer, the Amazon imprint for mysteries, thrillers, and suspense. And that's where the story really gets interesting. But before we go there, I want to mention Camven Media. That's the business my wife and I run that creates time for authors like Barb and you. What do I mean by creating time? Well, as a regular listener to this show, you've got a pretty good idea of everything that goes into building a successful author business. Writing great books, having a website as the home for your business on the internet, a growing and engaged email list, and a social media presence where you can interact with your readers. That's a lot. And for most of us, just writing great books and effectively engaging on social media is enough of a challenge that adding anything else can make our heads spin to the point where it's hard to get the writing done. That's what I mean by adding time. We create time for you by becoming a part of your team. If you need a website, a home for your business on the internet, we can build it for you or just guide you through the process if you want to do it yourself. If you know you need to update your website but don't know where to start, we can help there as well. Hey, if you're struggling with the whole email list thing, whether it's formatting, collecting emails, writing an automation sequence, or just trying to figure out what to send to your list, we can get that set up for you. If you don't have a list, well, you need to get on that like today. One of the keys to success in any business is to focus on what you do best. For you, that's the writing. If you need more time for your writing, let's talk about our team becoming a part of your team. If that sounds interesting, just pop on over to camvenmedia.com and click the Work With Us button. It's right up at the top in the top menu. Then schedule a free 15-minute chat. Let's talk about how you can streamline your author business and create more time for your writing. Okay, let's get to today's interview, which begins with me asking Barbara Nicholas what the expectations were for her first book, Blood on the Tracks. I guess I had I had hopes and I had expectations, and there was a big gap between those. I really didn't know what to expect since this was my debut novel. Um, I do have a lot of 
friends who are uh, writers who are published, and I've seen what they've been through. And I know it can be really tough. It can be quite a slog to get your name out there, to get much in the way of sales. So I was expecting to follow a more typical path for what I'd seen. In terms of my hopes, well, you know, the sky's the limit, right? We, are, we all hope we're going to have a breakout novel. All right. Now let's talk a little bit about what actually happened. And I will – I'm just going to give some numbers. The book was officially released on October 1st, um, but it was sort of pre-released um, a, a month before that, and we'll talk about that. But I want to give some numbers here. We're recording this on November 1st, so it's been officially released for a month and sort of unofficially released for 60 days. Correct. As of like two hours ago, I checked and there were 2,318 reviews. And then while I was writing that number down, it clicked over to 2,319. So it might be 2,400 reviews by now. <laughs> Who actually knows? But it's a lot of reviews, a 46 average star rating. Uh, your book was number one across all of Amazon for much of a month. Uh, is that is that fair to say without bragging on your part? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true, yes. <laughs> Amazingly <right>. enough. <laughs> and a month after the official release date, you're still in the top 50. So I I think we can conclude that this was a breakout success. I, I would like to think so. I think I'm still in a state of shock as to how this has gone, and I keep waiting for the other shoe to fall or something to happen. People go, oh, wait, this is not the book we thought. But so far, so good. And just uh, – we'll get into – at the end, we'll get into uh, the storyline of the book, but it is a – well, j just a brief description, if you would, so people know what we're talking about. It, it's a mystery thriller police procedural, and – the difference, I think, from other police procedurals is my detective is a railroad cop. Okay, and and you address some some really interesting themes in the book, which which we'll get into. Um, this was your first novel, but it's not your first experience with writing. So I I just want listeners to understand that you're not, uh, you know, someone that that was a. I, I don't know, a restaurant manager or something and decided to write a book. You've been writing, you, you've done some technical writing, you've written articles, you've, you've done a number of different writing tasks. I do, and I have two trunk books that, you know, they, there's kind of a rule among writers that you have to have a million words before you're any good. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote two other novels. Uh, one of them actually came close in New York, but didn't quite make it, and I backed way off. Um, and then decided I really needed to get serious about this and, and get something out there. And that's when I wrote Blood on the Tracks. But yeah, a lot of writing experience went into this. Do you think you hit your million words? Yeah, I'm, I've always been bad with numbers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's entirely possible, yes. Okay. Certainly, certainly lots of hours. Okay. You and I talked, uh, I don't know, about a year ago for the first time. We were introduced by a mutual friend, Deb Kuntz, who's uh, another wonderful author. And she has, yes. uh, she has two books coming out that sometime later this month, speaking of switching genres. Um, yes. But I'm, I'm looking forward to both of, both of Deb's books. But when we first talked, you had the expectation of having a book published, traditionally published. You had an agent, and your agent was shopping the book. And then when we talked a week or so later, I don't know if you remember this, but you said, we're going with Thomas & Mercer, which is an Amazon imprint for people who don't know. 
And I was really, really excited. I'd have been excited yes. no matter who you said, but I was <laughs> really excited that it was Thomas and Mercer because I have such incredible respect for what they do. Yes, absolutely. I do remember that. And and one of the things that, and I, I, I think it's, you know, you're sort of proving part of the point, you know, part of Part of what goes on is that Amazon knows more about selling books than anybody. I mean, they know more than the big publishers. The big publishers have their their expertise, but when it comes to actually selling books to the people that buy books, Amazon knows more than anyone. And, and they're able to market books in such a way that a really good book can find an audience. And that's obviously what's happened here. Yeah, Amazon, they truly are amazing. And I think the market has changed so much and is changing literally as we speak. And Amazon has really honed in on that and, and managed to capitalize on how readers are getting their books these days. And because you don't, you've never had a book traditionally published through um, a non-Amazon publishing imprint, you may or may not, you probably understand what the reporting is like for the big publishers and it's, you know, it comes sporadically. Um, yes. And it, it, like <laughs> we would have no idea how many copies we, you would have no idea how many copies of the books you'd sold uh, until six months after the release date. And, uh, you know, I'm assuming now you've got a pretty good idea. We're not going to get into specific numbers, but listeners to this show are able to look at numbers like reviews and Amazon sales ranks and, and do some math in their head and, and see that, you know, this has been a, a, an enormous success. Um, would it would it be any different for you if you didn't know, if you didn't have that insight into what was actually going on? You know, that's a really good question, Steve, because it's sort of a two-edged sword. I, I mean, first of all, I'm extremely grateful that I can see how my book is doing and and get these these regular updates, which I understand you can't with with the big five. Um, where it's interesting is, what do I do with that information? It's wonderful to know as a business person how your your business is doing. Mm -hmm. But in terms of my ability to affect that, I'm still feeling my way forward on that. So a little bit of it is, you know, yeah, I'm doing great, or gosh, I'd like to do better, and not quite knowing what to do with that information. But that said, I would not I would not trade this for a different system. It's it's actually phenomenal. What do you mean your ability to affect the information? I, I'm not following that. Well, so you look at your ranking. So as you mentioned, I was I was extremely lucky in September to to often be ranked number one, and then and then naturally that's going to drop off. So is there anything I can do as an author to bring attention back to my book or to increase my sales? And that's that's where I'm such a newbie. I don't know what I can do or if I should even try or if I should just be focused on writing the next book. You know, that's a really interesting point. Um, I think most guests of this show and, and many of our guests have been indie authors. And I think most authors in general find that it's a challenge to, to market one book. I mean, it's not a challenge yes. for Amazon, but it's a challenge for an author to market one book because it, it, is. it, it costs – much of the marketing seems to cost as much or more than the revenue you generate from the sale of the book. So unless you've got a follow-on sale to go after that, you're sort of spinning your wheels. So, Yeah, uh, deciding where to invest those resources. And at this point, 
we don't really know what works. A lot of us, we're still trying to figure, this is all so new that we're still trying to figure it out. Right. What are your friends? Because you've got a lot of indie author friends. What do they advise you? You know, they're doing, it's a lot of networking and a lot of, uh, I call it boots on the ground, going to writers conferences, meeting other writers, starting to build up a this network of, of fellow authors and then and then pulling in readers. Um, there's a big debate over whether newsletters versus blogs or do both and trying to decide where to spend your time is is hard. And I think, you know, I've just kind of decided to go with what I enjoy. And if it's not something I enjoy and nobody's saying, oh, yes, you absolutely have to do this, then then I'm not going to do it. I'm going to focus my attention on on what works for me. And hopefully the, the readers will follow. You know, one of the best pieces of advice that we've ever had on this particular show came from Mike Farisee, who's a, a well-known indie mystery author. And oh, yeah. his entire marketing plan is, in a nutshell, write the next book and make it better than the one before. Absolutely. <laughs> that, it's, it's hard to beat that, that advice. It's, it's easy. It's simple to follow. There's no course to buy to, <laughs> to make yourself better at it. You just write the next book and make it better than the one before. It's certainly straightforward. I don't know if it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, right. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. The, the writing itself is hard. The, uh, the, the plan is, is simple enough. Following the, the plan, it. Yeah, the plan is simple, but it's certainly a little pressure there. Because I think we all want to grow as writers. So. Oh, yes. And one of the great things about writing is that there, there's no graduation. There's no, okay, you're done. You're as good as you're going to get. Right. You're a nuclear <laughs> physicist now. Go out and do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, for, it's, that's the lovely part is to um, keep working the craft and just try to get better and better. And you talk about going to conferences and things and, and going and I, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to meet or talk with Lawrence Block. But he's just, he's a marvel. He's, I've not met him, but I love his stuff. Yeah. He is a, he's, I think he's in his 70s, and I, I know he's retired at least once. But he just keeps writing, and he just keeps publishing and communicating with his readers and fans. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's amazing. You can do this as, as long as your mind is willing yes. to cooperate. It's not like being a quarterback, you know, when you hit the 30s <laughs> oh, and you're an old man. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, you're in Colorado, and uh, you know a very well-known quarterback in Colorado had to retire because he, it, you know, yeah. he hit his expiration date in terms of age. It's it's sad. Yeah. All right, I am listening to the book, or I have listened to the audio book of of Blood on the Tracks, which was marvelously done, and your narrator for that was Emily Sutton Smith. Uh, yes. Listeners to this show will know that I love a good audio book, and that's. I, I just I really enjoy listening to audiobooks. Uh-huh. I listen while oh, I'm running, too. driving, everything. Absolutely. And I noticed that uh, even uh, well, a couple things I noticed about the audiobook. First is that paired pricing that Amazon does um, on on books that are exclusive to Amazon, where if you buy the book, you get a really great price on the audiobook. So I think I paid a dollar ninety nine for the audiobook, which wow. is amazing mm-hmm. for, for an audiobook. And I know how much work goes into it and how much money it costs to produce it. But one of the things that I find interesting is the fact that Amazon has more information than we do. I mean, they, they know exactly what price points will generate the most revenue and presumably the most profits. And they've chosen 
$1.99 for your book at this time if you've purchased another copy of the book or even just got it through uh, Kindle Unlimited. Yeah, and I I didn't know that, but this is I think this is wonderful news. I think it's a great way to let people choose which medium they want want to to get their book on and and to go back and forth if they so choose. You know, we can listen to the audiobook in the car and then pick up the book on our bedside table. So I think that's terrific. And my my brother, um, he is Connecticut State entomologist and and a huge book lover. And we've talked about that for a long time. We want the hardcover of a book we really mm-hmm. love, but we don't want to carry hardcover around or or try to prop it up in bed. And so we always hope that you could you would have the option of purchasing the audiobook at a at a discount if you bought the regular book. So I'm I'm really excited about this. And ideally, because I'm of a certain age. And uh, I find it difficult, like I can read a hardcover <laughs> book in the sunlight or, you know, during the day on a Saturday uh-huh. or something, but I can't read them at night anymore because I, I, I don't want that bright a light in the bedroom shining. Right. And so I just, I can't make it out. So ideally, for me, it would be, you know, buy one copy of the book and then get discounted copies of the digital book and the audio book, and then you can just read however you want to. And that, yes. that would be the ideal world. And I, I suspect we're getting to that. A, 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 I think so, too. Yeah, going multiple platforms. Yeah. Okay. Now, there, there will be people listening that say, oh, well, you published with Amazon, so that means you don't get to do cool things like have book signings and things like this. And because you and I are Facebook friends, I've seen plenty of pictures of you at book signings. <laughs> yes, yes, it's been fun. I've had I've had two big book launches, one in Colorado Springs and one in Denver, and was fortunate that a lot of my friends could come out and celebrate with me. So, yeah, it's it, publishing with Amazon is very similar to to publishing with with any of the big five or or any other publisher. You can set the course that you want to want to do and get your books wherever you want to get them and and have signings or do whatever it is you want to do. Now, did you organize the book signings yourself, or did someone from uh, Thomas & Mercer PR do that for you? You know, they are happy to help in, in whatever way you want, and they'll get books there for you. Um, the case in Colorado Springs, it was Hooked on Books, who completely sponsored that event and arranged everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary and Jim Chiletti, they were fabulous. And then in Denver, I held it at the Denver Book Bar, which – actually just made BuzzFeed's top 19 bookstores in the U.S. Oh, it's such cool. a fun place. Yeah, a wine bar and a bookstore. You know, what more <laughs> could you ask for? <laughs> and was that fun? Oh, it was a lot of fun. It's such a – but both of those events were terrific. Great venues, great people. All right, you seem like a very poised and confident person. Were you nervous going into these? I'm so glad I have you completely fooled. <laughs> <laughs> You know, writers, a lot of writers, if not the majority of writers, are introverts, which gets back to that whole thing about how do I promote my book? It can be really challenging and forces you out of your comfort zone. But I think that that actually improves your writing in in its own weird way. So was I nervous before those events? I was tense. I don't know if I'd say I was exactly nervous, but I was I was edgy. Um, I'm not comfortable with the spotlight. So walking into that, it's like, uh, can everybody please look the other way and talk amongst yourselves? <laughs> <laughs> now, what have you learned from talking with people that have read your book? What have you learned about the book that you might not have known? 
What I have been amazed at is is two things, actually. First of all, how thriller-like people found the book and that they couldn't put it down. I never in a million years thought that I was writing that kind of book. I was just plugging along, doing my thing, and, and following what felt like the natural story arc. Um, the other thing that has surprised me is the emotional response. So people are really responding to the book on an emotional level. Um, I've been really gratified to hear from a lot of veterans or families of veterans thanking me for explaining to people or putting it out so people can understand what it is like to suffer post-traumatic um, stress disorder. Well, now's a great time. I, I, I want to go back to another line of questioning, but but since we're we're talking about PTSD now, let's talk uh, in a little bit more depth about the storyline for listeners, because it it really does grab you by the throat emotionally very early on, and it, it just doesn't let go. Oh, thank you, Steve. Yeah, my uh, my detective, in addition to being a railroad cop, she had served in Iraq um, in the Marines in mortuary affairs. So their job was to go out and collect the dead after an IED, an improvised explosive device or a gunfight, whatever it had been, and bring those bodies back to mortuary affairs and process them for a return stateside. So naturally she's going to be haunted. I mean, if you're working with the dead like that and you're seeing the results of war on people, you can't help but bring that back. So she's carrying that. And then she has a canine partner, Clyde, who was a military working dog and he's got PTSD as well. So they're, they're quite the pair. They are. And I, you know, so many of us have relatives or friends who have served overseas and, and have gone through something traumatic and I don't know, it, at least for me, that's one of the things that got me right away because I, I know a few people that are dealing with specific issues that are mm -hmm. so similar to what Sydney's going through. And you talk about haunted and, and it's like that's that really resonated with me. And I suspect it does with a lot of readers. It seems to. And, uh, you know, the other response I've gotten is um, for people who have no idea what our vets are going through or indeed what any victim of of trauma can suffer. They've been very appreciative that it's opened their eyes to understand and maybe help people more, at least be more understanding of what they're going through. Okay, let's now take uh, about a, I don't know, we'll call it a year step back, a, a step back in time to when you actually began, you know, the book was written, um, you, you had a publisher, and you've got a finite period of time to get ready. What did you do to get ready? Not enough. <laughs> so, but I, I that, bet it felt like enough. Well, I really had no idea what I needed to do, or I'd had friends advise me, do this, do that. And, and I was thinking, well, my books, it's not going to be that big a deal. I, I won't really need to worry about this. Um, the, the smartest thing I did was to um, get a website, and I would advise everybody start with that because people need a place to find you once they found your book or if they've heard about your book and they want to get it, and they're not sure where to start. So create a website. And um, now, and did then, you find anybody good to do that? Oh, you know, there's some <laughs> guy, Steve Campbell, I think his name was. And I'd heard um, that he, from another very successful writer that he was fabulous. And you know what? He is. Wow. <laughs> I, I may link to his site in the show notes. 
that's a good idea. I've been recommending him to my friends. He the the website he created for me is absolutely beautiful. I'm just thrilled, and I had a lot of my writer friends who knew what um, readers would be looking for in a website go in and take a look at it and say, yeah, it's 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 terrific, very professional. So I've been I've been very thrilled, Steve. All right, so that w- that was one thing you did, and and thank you for the plug. Um, what, what else, what else did you do to get ready? Yeah, not a lot. I, the thing that I wish I had done is create a lot more blog posts. Um, do that while you have time before your book is out there and you're sort of in this reactive mode instead of, of proactive, you can get a lot of blog posts created and then you'll have something to start putting up on a regular basis without even having to think about it. Let me interrupt you there because I think this is an important point. Um, You had all this time where you could have done this, and probably in your mind you're thinking, well, I'll wait until it's closer to the time that the book comes out. Um, But as it gets closer, then things start to ramp up. You have less time, and it's it's really less effective than having done it before. So if you're out there listening and, and you're saying, wow, I've got a book coming out in six months, what should I be doing now? Um, you know, as long as you have a website, start writing some content that, and that content will help Google to help readers find your book. It will. And yeah, and the content, of course, goes well beyond blogs. There's creating a, a press kit and um, different versions of your biography. If you can have all of that done, before your book even comes out, you know, really get your ducks in a row, you'll, you'll appreciate it. Cause once it does, you're right. It's, you just don't have the time to give to that. And, and I would recommend getting other articles written too, that, that pertain to your novel. So for example, right now I'm getting a lot of requests to write about my research. I'm getting requests to write about canine partners. And I could have done a lot of that beforehand had I anticipated that, that there would be a demand for that. Uh, you mentioned different copies of your or different versions of your biography. What's the purpose of that? I do a short, medium, and a long because it depends on the outlet what they want. But this way, you're prepared. So a lot of times, you'll get a request. So for example, I just spoke at VoucherCon. They want a biography that's um, 50 words or less, and others will want something much longer or in depth, and in, in, in depth or the say somebody's going to be interviewing you, they may not necessarily share that longer bio, but they're going to want to know enough about you that they have some talking points. Okay, great, thank you. That's that's good advice for anybody who's who's putting together a, a website out there. Um, what about your email list? I, I know you put together an email list. Do you feel like you did enough to have that in place and and. Did, did you get any value out of, of, out of setting up the email list ahead of time? Absolutely. And that was with the advice of my web designer that I do that. Thank you. Um, and I, I've not created a newsletter yet. That's another thing I would suggest people do is, is start thinking about what your newsletter is going to look like and what, what your theme is going to be and what you're going to include in there. But yes, thank heavens. I do have I I did have a a way for readers to sign up because they're doing that and I don't have to think about that piece of it. It's now, done automatically. One thing I noticed at least in the version of the book that I have is that there is no place in your book there's no link to your email sign up form anywhere in the book and for most indie authors they would look at that and and just see that as a um a, a wasted opportunity. Was that something that 
uh, you just weren't allowed to do or they Amazon just didn't think to do it for you or or what? You know, I don't know what Amazon's thoughts are on that. It did not cross my mind. So that's a really good point. I think that would be very helpful. I've I've had some people manage to find me and send me emails saying I didn't I didn't know how else to reach you or it took me a while to find your your website. You know, you never know who your audience is or how tech savvy they are or how mm-hmm. they really know how to to do a Google search. So, yeah, I think that would be really helpful. That's a great idea. Yeah, and I, I actually finished a book last night, and at the end of the book, and, I, you know, we've all seen this, it's, you know, click here to sign up for my email list, and I, it, I just make it a practice now. If I enjoy the book, I click that link and sign up for the email list because I want to know when the next book comes out. Oh, that's nice. I don't know whether it would be possible for you to update the author notes in, in the book. Uh, it it would probably be worth talking to someone at uh, Thomas and Mercer and asking him if you could do that. Yeah, that's an excellent idea. I will do that. Okay. Um, All right. We've, we've sort of been offering some advice to authors who might be going through the same thing as, as we've been going along. But if you, you know, we're talking to people out there that are in exactly the same situation you are, or maybe a year away from being in exactly the same position uh, that, that you were in a year ago. What would you, you know, someone that's halfway through a book or about to finish a book, what would you advise them specifically to do? Start now, get that website and start creating content for it. If you are writing a series go ahead and start the second book. That was a mistake that I had because I thought, well, I'm not going to waste my energy writing a second book if I don't even know if the first book's going to sell. Um, so again, even if the first book doesn't sell, worst case, you've gotten, you've gotten your, you're, you're getting closer to your million words. Plus at some point, if a different book sells, you might be able to go back and do this as a series. So, so website, start the second book, even if it's not a series. That's all we can control, right, is is our own writing. So start the second book and build content. And you are working on the second book now, right? I am. Okay. And you've got a title and everything, I, I think, I right? do. I do. Well, I have a title. I don't know if I have everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's a pretty broad term, isn't it? <laughs> I, wish, I wish, Steve, that that were true. Yes. I, the, there is a title. It's called Death Stop. And I'm hard at work on getting that book. Turned in on time. And that's another Sydney Rose Parnell book? It is. It will continue uh, Sydney and her canine partner Clyde and also Detective Cohen, who's with the Denver Major Crimes Unit. So those three characters and a few, a few minor characters will be returning, but there'll be lots of new characters as well. All right. Now, one thing I, I noticed uh, in reading your books is the amount of research that you must do. Do you have like this lust for research? I do. I do. I'm such a complete geek. (laughs) I've always loved learning new things. And for me, as much as I love writing, what writing really does is give me an excuse to do research. Hmm. And yeah, I love book learning and I love actually getting out in the field and learning things that way. So it's, it's, been quite an adventure getting to do all the things I've gotten to do in my life. Yeah, and in this book, um, you've got PTSD, which I'm sure will be a, a theme of the series. Um, you've got trains, uh, so there's a lot. There's a lot to learn and a lot to get right, and <laughs> and a lot a lot that you could get wrong if if you do the wrong kind of research or just kind of you know do slapdash research. 
Yes. And, and that was my biggest fear was getting called out for making mistakes. And I do have a gun error in the book. Um, I'm very embarrassed about that. I switched from a revolver to a pistol um, for one of the characters and I missed changing it in one place. And I've, I've heard from people about that. They've been very kind about it. Um, but I'm working to get that fixed. Oh, you know, that's funny because every, at every mystery conference, that's, that's something that you hear in at least one session is be sure you get the gun stuff right because people really know their guns. And especially if you're a crime writer, right? Expect <laughs> <laughs> you to get this right. And, and I knew better. I, it's not that I didn't understand the, the guns. It was just, a I, when I made that change, I think any writer's been through that, um, where they've changed, say a character's name and then missed it in one place. So it was a it was a case of that, and you do your best, and then you move forward. There's going to be mistakes, of course, yes. And uh, what what is your research process? Do you do all, do you try and do all the research first and then write, or do you write and then say, oh, I need a little bit more information about this widget, and then do more research? Yeah, that's it exactly. Okay. So I try to do as much research up front because so many times the story falls out of the research. Say, so oh, I didn't know that you could do that with a train or um, I didn't know that military working dogs were capable of doing that sort of thing. So your story will come out of the research, but it, it's it's a never-ending thing. And and actually, when I finished Blood on the Tracks and sent it into my agent, I I still had a huge stack of books that I wanted to get through and a whole list of people I wanted to talk to, and I'll never be able to do it all. <laughs> yeah, I, there is a fear that if you do too much research, you'll never get anything written. Exactly. <laughs> Barb, where, what is the best place for people to connect with you online? Please go to my website, www.barbaranicholas.com, and you can send me emails through that. You can sign up for my newsletter. You can also get contacts there for social media, and yes. I'd love to hear from people. Yes, and uh, check out Barb's Facebook page and like Barb's Facebook page. Um, she, would, she would love that because that's that something wonderful. that came late to the party. Yes, that was one of those things. Thank you, Steve. That was one of those things I didn't get done. Oh, yeah, Facebook author page. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a struggle for a writer. I started getting friend requests on my personal page, and I still haven't decided how I want to handle that. Um, I try to keep personal and business separate. It's, it's a challenge. And actually, last week's Author Biz show, we talked about that a little bit. And oh, uh, the, advice, the, the advice that we got in that show is to really try and direct people from your personal page to your to your author page and and to keep them as separate as possible for any number of reasons and and uh chris syme who was the guest explained some of those reasons during the show i'm going to listen to that thank it, you <laughs> it's uh, uh you know you and i have talked a number of times over the course of the last year but this is the first time we've ever recorded it so this it's been a it's been a pleasure to to speak with you in this way and to hear more of your story it's been a lot of fun steve thank you all right, and thank you for listening. And remember, you can find show notes and links to everything we mentioned, including Barb's wonderful book, her email list, her website, her Facebook page, and all of this is available at theauthorbiz.com. So you don't have to remember anything if you're out there driving around. Just go to theauthorbiz.com, and we will have links to everything. Uh, thanks again for listening. We'll be back again next week. <laughs>